Welcome to the Podcasters Podcast, episode 208. This week, Gavin is back and he delivers some good news that we were all very happy to hear. He also follows up on our conversation from the last episode about the Disney Princess ranking and he provides his own list. We talk about our family's recent trip to the Walt Disney Family Museum and about the two, yes, two changes in the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction at Disneyland. Speaking of changes, in just a couple of episodes, we will be celebrating our four-year anniversary, and we're just so freaking excited. The Podcasters family is growing, and some changes are coming to the podcast, and I feel like I've been working on it forever, but it's all just coming together, and it just... I'm so excited. Uh, I I hope you guys are excited about it as well. I know everybody's been working really hard. So thank you to everyone involved. And yeah, I'm I'm just so excited about how everything is turning out. So uh, more on that next week. If you want more info, pictures, and stuff about things that we talk about in this episode, check out podcasters.com slash 208. If you would like to join the conversation and give your thoughts on anything that we talk about, you can leave a comment on Facebook, Instagram, or on Twitter. Just search for Podcateers and let us know what you think. You can also find us on YouTube. We're at youtube.com slash podcateers and youtube.com slash Disney42. Head on over, check out our videos, and if you haven't yet done so, we'd love it if you took a moment to subscribe and then make sure that you ring that little bell icon for alerts whenever new videos are posted. Also, if you're looking for our personal links, check out podcasters.com team. If you shop on Amazon, we have a great way for you to help out the podcast. The next time you need to place an order, start by going to podcasters.com Amazon. On that page, you'll find a large Amazon button that when you click on it, will take you over to Amazon using our special link. And anything that you buy during that trip may earn us a small commission from your purchase. It's just a thank you from Amazon for mentioning them on the podcast and you going through our link. It's a great way to support us with just a few extra clicks. And to everyone using our link, thank you for your contribution. Also, this episode of Podcasters is made possible by the generosity of listeners just like you. We call those listeners our podcast fairy godparents, but they've called themselves the FGP squad. If you would like to become a fairy godparent of our podcast, you can find out more information by going to podcasters.com slash FGP. You can give as little or as much as you want monthly, but if you sign up for a contribution of at least $5 per month, you will also get the exclusive fairy godparent button as a thank you for your support. To all of our podcast fairy godparents, thank you very, very much for your help. This week, I'll be posting a preview for the FGP squad of one of the changes coming in the next couple of weeks. So FGP squad, keep an eye out for that alert. Finally, if you're new to the podcast, thank you very much for listening. Thanks for hanging with us. We appreciate you taking the time to listen. So let's get this started, shall we? This is episode 208 of Podcasters. This is our podcast. We're a group of friends that loves Disney, technology, art, food, and more. This is Podcasters. 
is that voice that I hear in the background? Hey, neighbors. Hey, buddy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sweet and sultry. I'm back. It's so familiar. Uh, Tom Cruise? Is that you? Uh, way better. Oh. Way better. Oh. Less crazy. Oh, less crazy. Gotcha. Gotcha. How's it going, dude? It's going very well. I just returned from... Sunny Southern California, where I uh, acquired an apartment for Charlie and I. So we're we're very excited, (laughs) and we will shortly be moving to a town very near you guys. (laughs) Yay! Dude, we are so freaking excited for you. It's not even funny. Oh, thank you. I'm excited. We're excited. It's going to be a great new adventure, and I can't wait to be so much more involved with... The Podcateers team, Team Boat Willie, all of it. Like, I just, I'm fully invested, and now I'll be able to actually, like, physically be present. So, I'm, I'm very excited about all of the things we've got in the works. I am too, uh, especially considering that if you've been following us for some time, some of you may know that June is a very special month because it is the anniversary of when we launched Podcateers. Yes. Uh, This year, we have something really, really special. We have a few pretty major announcements, I think. There's some big changes coming to Podcateers. They're good changes. Our family is growing. Uh, There's going to be some changes to the actual podcast itself that when some people that have been listening for a really long time hear it, they're going to be like, what is this? What am I listening to? But I promise you. It is something that I have been working on for a really, really long time. It it just, it all finally came together. And I'm so excited. I'm really Mm. proud of what was put together. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. So there's your tease. That's what's (laughs) happening for the fourth anniversary of Podcateers. So, um... First of all, this has been a super busy week. I know I didn't get a chance to go say hi to you, Gavin, because uh, you guys know. A lot of people don't know, but I took my very first vacation in about Yay. 15 years. And Dang, dude. some people <laughs> ask me, why do you wait so long? And it's all a logistical thing. I don't want to get into it right now. The point is, I wasn't a- ever able to really take a vacation. So this is my first vacation in a really long time, and I decided I want to disconnect as much as possible. So thank you, Melissa. Thank you, VJ. You know, we got together on an off day to record last week's episode, got that done, got it all edited, drove up to San Francisco. We took the kids, and we had this plan to go visit for the first time the Walt Disney Family Museum. And I was so jealous, so excited (laughs) to be there because... I mean, I've heard everybody talk about it. I've seen all these pictures and posts about it. So I was really, really happy that we were finally going. And we were going to spend the entire week up in the Bay Area. Well, technically, we were in Emeryville. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, no joke. We were home of Pixar. Maybe seven minutes walking distance from Pixar. Wow. <laughs> and on the day that we got there... And on the next day, because Sunday and Monday, I think, were the days that they were doing it. uh, They were screening The Incredibles 2. And as much as I wanted to be in there screening The Incredibles 2, they would not let me in. Apparently, they have some kind of security protocol in place, which did not allow me to go watch The Incredibles 2 inside of Pixar. 
So if Man, anybody can did get you me drop into Pixar the later, name? Uh, I, I wish I had because maybe that would have gotten me in. But uh, I wasn't able to go in. If anybody knows how to get me into Pixar, please get me in. I'd love to visit. Uh, regardless, <laughs> super cool week. We got a chance to do all sorts of stuff. We went to the Charles Scholz Museum and Santa Rosa. You know, I'll talk about that in an upcoming episode. But I did want to talk a little bit about the Walt Disney Family Museum before uh, we go on because uh, I don't know if I told you guys, but there was two major exhibits that I really wanted to visit. We can get into an extended conversation about this uh, on a different episode because I do want to talk about the Nine Old Men. But one of the exhibits was the Nine Old Men. And Mm -hmm. it was broken. It wasn't in the actual Walt Disney Family Museum. It was in an extension building behind it. It was oh. two floors. Uh, the first floor was broken up with one, two, three, four of the nine old men, starting with Mark Davis. And you kind of went around. There was nine videos that played that kind of had former Imagineers, current Imagineers, uh, animators, you name it. And they all talked about each of the nine old men. So it was kind of sequential. Like you started on one end. You would watch the video. You would read all the stuff about that particular animator you would move on to the next section they had artifacts of things that they worked on like wire sculptures and original sketches from all of the films that they worked on Uh, gavin seriously you would have been drooling i mean i know (laughs) how big into the sketching and the animation part of of like animated films you are Mm -hmm. you would have just been drooling i could have spent the entire day there But I'm going to give you guys a word of warning for those listening, thinking, you know what? This is a great thing to do with your family. Yeah, kind of. Because if you have children under a certain age, they are going to get bored very quickly. And primarily because there's not a lot of stuff to do for kids. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of don't touch, don't touch by security guards in the exhibit, obviously, because a lot of the artifacts there are original pieces. And so in order to preserve them, they don't want you touching them, etc. So if you have, uh, I would say, children under the age of 10 or any other age that's not really interested in that, they're going to get bored. And so what we ended up having to do was separate while one of us went into the museum with one of the kids so we can control them while the other was sitting outside with the other one so they wouldn't be running around. So that is the one word of warning I will give you if you are planning to visit the Walt Disney Family Museum. Either get a babysitter or visit it with kids that are old enough to appreciate what you are seeing uh, because if they're not really into all of that, they're going to be bored and you are not Mm -hmm. going to enjoy your stay there as much as you could if they weren't there. Because I can tell you that it was difficult for me to sit there and read each piece and really admire and appreciate all of the original sketches. Because before I knew it, I was turning off to the left or to the right, trying to see what one of my kids was doing, making sure they weren't running around. Right. So uh, that's the one word of warning I can give you about that. Uh, The museum itself Uh, super cool it's broken up into eras 
I love mm-hmm. the fact that when you walk in, you see all of the trophies that Walt and the Walt Disney Company received, including Emmys and just awards from all over the world for things you didn't even know he got awards for, like humanitarianism and for you name it. I mean, it, it was probably up there in some form or another. Mm-hmm. So once you enter the actual museum... You are given some history on Walt's family, on his parents, where they came from, uh, how Walt used to work, you know, where he used to work, like the paramedic and all that story that you know about him. Mm -hmm. And then everything after is broken up into a section of how he got interested in filmmaking as a hobby where he borrowed a camera and he would create these like little snippets of video and reverse them to make it like a cool video effect and stuff like that. Uh, And then it breaks out into how we went to Hollywood and how we started, you know, the animation studio and how he failed. Everything is broken up in such a great way. It's not particularly per decade, I would say. It's just... Uh, important sections of Walt's life, if Ooh. that makes any sense to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have photos that I'm going to be posting soon. Uh, I tried to take some video, but uh, I I do want to say that I didn't vlog it. My purpose of shooting the video wasn't necessarily to vlog the museum because I did want, like I said, I wanted to try to disconnect and not think of working or doing anything that, you know, took me away from the experience. Because I think, you know, Mm -hmm. AJ, VJ and I have really said a lot that when you vlog, it does take you away from the experience a little bit. And even taking photographs, you know, like I haven't even been able to appreciate the changes to Pirates of the Caribbean, which we'll talk about momentarily. Because I was so enthralled with, I need to get these photos, you know, and it's partially me. Like as a photographer, I I love to chronicle things that happen like that in the park, not necessarily to be the first to post on Instagram or social media, but because I like to have it as a record of something that I saw or experienced at the park or for posterity's sake, right? When changes happen, at least you have that record. So, um... I I did take video. I didn't vlog it. So I'm going to try to find a way to kind of uh, do like a recap video maybe. Uh, I'll I'll figure something out. I don't know what I'm going to do with that exactly. But I'll put clips of it on the YouTube channel eventually because it was a great museum. The model at the end that you see before they talk about Walt's death because they do address it. The final room that you enter talks about Walt's death and there's uh, articles and magazine covers and telegrams and all sorts of stuff posted on the walls announcing when Walt had passed away. But before that room, they have a model of Disneyland that Diane, his, his daughter, wanted the model to represent the Disneyland that Walt knew. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of what you see in that model is not what we would say current, right? It's what mm-hmm. Walt knew Disneyland to be. So there's things there that aren't there anymore or in places that aren't necessarily there anymore. Uh, again, I took photos of that and I'm going to be posting that soon. So follow me on Instagram if you guys want. The link will be in the blog post if you guys want to see some of those photographs. But uh, it was an interesting place. I I don't want to get too much into the Charles Schultz Museum, but I will say this. 
visiting the Walt Disney Family Museum was a very business-like experience. When you got there, it was, welcome to the Walt Disney Family Museum. Thank you for coming. Here is where Walt's this. Here is Walt's that. Here's... And most of the staff, I think, was very knowledgeable about the things that they were saying. Some of them did trip over their words. I was able, I shouldn't have done it. I feel bad, actually, now that I think back on it. But I was able to fill in some of the gaps while they were trying to explain it to other people. So while they were saying, like, oh, well, he lived in uh, 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 Marceline, Missouri. Yeah, Marceline, Missouri. And he did that, you know, so, like, I would jump in whenever I would kind of hear that happening. And they looked appreciative. At least I hope that's how they felt. (laughs) Um, Other than the, oh, this guy again. But it was a very business-like environment. And the Charles Scholz Museum felt like a family environment to me. It was totally different. From the moment that we walked into that museum, it was so warm. Like that quote, the happiness is a warm puppy, the, the, the quote for Snoopy. Oh, man, it, you felt that walking in. Like you felt like everybody was so warm to you and it just felt like you were walking. Like they introduced him as Sparky and this was his family. Come enter the museum and be a part of that family. Whereas at the Walt Disney Family Museum, it was all like this was Walt. These this is where he struggled. These were his accomplishments and enjoy the museum. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a totally different experience. Hmm. Uh, it's I'm not it's saying that it's necessarily bad. But it it did feel different to me. Yeah. So expect that to happen if you guys ever get a chance to visit. Uh, it was super fun. I would definitely want to go back again without my kids. Uh, that way I can <laughs> enjoy it. Because even downstairs, the other exhibit that they had going on in conjunction was the Glenn Keane exhibit. That was so amazing to see. <laughs> Seeing the concept art for Little Mermaid, Tarzan, Aladdin, Beast. and Beauty and the Beast, or Beast from Beauty and the Beast for Tangled. And not only seeing concept sketches, but seeing 3D models of these characters that Ooh. Glenn Keane created. Um, seeing snippets of video of him talking about it. Dude, there was concept art of, of Hey Basketball. Oh, what's it called? Um, Deer Basketball. Deer Basketball. There was concept art of Kobe as a wow. child and him doing the dunk. And dude, it was so good. <laughs> I I was Sports. able to snag <laughs> a few photos of that. Uh, but dude, it was such an amazing exhibit. I That's cool. I, like I want to do a Podcasters field trip back to the museum. Yes, just so that <laughs> we could enjoy it again. So let me ask you a two-part question. Sure. How long did you spend in the Disney Family Museum, and did you get to see everything you wanted to see? Great question. I spent... Okay, so because we had to split our time, I think that we could have spent about three hours in there, maybe three to four hours, experiencing and reading through everything on the walls. Because Mm -hmm. it's not just... Uh, the exhibits are set up in such a way where some of them do have some interactive spots to them. For instance, in one of the rooms, they talk about uh, how they added Foley 
to some of the original cartoons where it was live, right? It wasn't recorded. You couldn't mix audio the way that we do now. And so what they did was they had these instruments on a table, like they were brass instruments. So they were symbolizing the instruments that they would have used. They had a screen on the wall and it was kind of like, have you ever played Guitar Hero? Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. you know how in Guitar Hero the notes are appearing, and once they reach a certain point, you have to slap that button on the guitar right. or when you're playing rock band? It was very similar to that. So if you had one of those instruments, you were seeing the notes fly by, and when they reached that place, you had to hit that instrument to do the foley for the uh, animated piece that was on the screen at the time. So Got I it. thought that was pretty cool. Oh. So if you were to experience everything in there and you went through each piece you read through everything you saw every single video you could easily spend four to five hours in there not Mm. including how long it's going to take you to sit down and admire each of those art pieces because Mm. i mean me personally i used to draw a lot when I was a child and for some reason along the way I kind of lost it and you know better than anybody Gavin that if you don't draw a lot you lose like that momentum in your hand you lose that fluidity you lose the ability to make every single line count that you put on Mm -hmm. the paper and Mm -hmm. as I was looking through the exhibit that's the one thing in common that I saw through this concept art not one line was wasted as they were laying it down on that piece of paper as you Mm -hmm. were watching the videos of them it it was it was one of the most beautiful things I've seen in such a long time like I am such a sucker for seeing especially just sketches and seeing Um, silhouettes being drawn from just you know a few lines and giving a few lines on a piece of paper life oh Mm -hmm. man it it's a beautiful (laughs) thing and so uh like i said it you can easily spend four to five hours i think going through every room reading everything experiencing each of the exhibits experiencing all the interactive parts watching all of the videos and then oogling over everything that's on the walls and that's (laughs) not including the three hours you could possibly spend at the nine old men exhibit if not more just going through all of that so it is literally like an entire eight hour day if you are really into that now, do you have to pay extra for those additional exhibits? Yes. Yes, you do. Okay. Uh, so we had the Walt Disney Family Museum ticket. Uh, the price to get into the museum uh, was $25 for adults, and it was $15 for kids. But I think at a certain uh, a certain age, I don't remember what it was. Lynette knows. But at a certain age, it's free because our youngest got in for free. Uh, and the, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I believe that the Nine Old Men exhibit was an additional $5 on top of the ticket price to get into the museum. So that's not wasn't bad. expensive, completely worth it. Uh, I know wow. Lynette listens while we're recording. So if she sends me a message, I'll quickly <laughs> correct it uh, before we end the episode. If not, I'll, I'll correct it in the next episode. Um, but I believe it was an additional $5 to get in. Uh, totally worth it. Yeah, we did not spend that time there. Uh, I know I said you could easily spend all of that time. 
we couldn't because of the kids. The kids were starting to get restless. And so when we split off, Lynette took our oldest, went through the museum. I took our youngest out into the Presidio and just let them run around to get some of that energy, you know, exerted. (laughs) And about when she was done, uh, about an hour or so later, she came outside and took them to lunch while I went into the museum. But by then... Knowing that I had a limited amount of time, I tried to do everything as quickly as I could. So I didn't I didn't necessarily go through all of the exhibits the way that I would have wanted to, but I did see everything and I did experience like the like the big things in each room that I think were the most worth it, if that makes any sense. At least to me. Totally. So yeah, man, I would love to go back there. I think that if we did a field trip or something, it's I don't think it's a turnaround trip, but I don't know. We could try. Yeah, I'll do it. If we leave at four or five a.m. You know, we got a we got a car big enough to do it. I think we can hang. I so like I'll... it. Go Starbucks and get some coffee. Get that big old jug of coffee. We're That's good. Donuts. With Let's go. Eight extra shots. That's the <laughs> limit. That's what they've told me. Right. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I have a lot of other stories that I want to tell you guys about. I know we want to get to some of the stuff that happened in the parks this week. So, you know, in an upcoming episode, I'll tell you about going to Fenton's and I'll tell you about the Charles Scholes Museum, like I like I was mentioning a moment ago. But before we continue, I do want to quickly read a comment that listener Adriana left for us. As you guys remember, in episode 207, we were talking about the Disney princesses and how we were ranking them, you know, because we had read the Screen Rant article, which ranked them from, quote unquote, most worthless to most powerful. Gavin, since you're here, uh, I know you have a list to read off to us. But before we get to that, I just want to read Adriana's comment on the blog post for the episode. She also left it on Facebook, but it says, hey, guys, just finished the episode. Here's my list. I chose this order based on if we were in a survival situation, who would be most helpful? I think that's fair. Very fair. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I interpreted the original title of the article. So I broke it down based on their skill set and who would be most useful. So from 11 to 1, she agreed with us, Aurora. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if she's asleep, she can't help you. I love her still. (laughs) So Aurora, Cinderella, Snow White, Jasmine, Ariel, Belle, Rapunzel, Tiana, Pocahontas, Merida, and Mulan. As a follow-up, she says, I am electing Moana as the next Disney princess. My original choice is Leia, but as she is now a general, eh, Moana it is. As always, it's great (laughs) listening to you. Keep up the good work. Adriana, thank nice. you very much for taking the time to leave that comment on the blog post for the episode. If you guys want to leave a comment for anything that you guys listen on, just head over to podcasters.com In the blog section, you'll find the episode. Just head to the bottom of the post. You'll see the comment section down below. Gavin. Uh, yes, sir. Your ranking, sir. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks again to Adriana. And and she kind of hit on, you know, my first problem that I had with that article, which was I don't feel like they did a good job of fully defining their criteria for ranking them. And, you know, for example, if we're just talking about usefulness, I mean, it depends on the scenario, right? So if it's house cleaning, 
Snow White might top your list and True. Merida probably would be at the bottom. You know, so I, I think we, we have a really hard time because we don't have a common set of parameters to really work with here. Um, so ultimately, my list is based on just favorites, you know, which ones I like the best. Um, and to be fair, most of the ones that are seen as more useful in battle or protection or, you know, physical things are near the top to mine. But, you know, I, I really just went with favorites. Um, so without further ado, here's my 11. (laughs) Nice. My 11 is Cinderella. Oh, my 10 is Aurora. And she only, she gets 10 because she's in a better movie. (laughs) I mean, Sleeping Beauty is amazing. Uh, so nine is, and I'm going to get flack for this one. Nine is Mulan. Uh, just, I'm just, I'm not a big my jaw just drops yeah she's she's ba she she kicks a but i don't know i i don't i don't that's not one that i return to very often uh so she's kind of low on my list eight is ariel seven is snow white um let's see where is six six is bell five is pocahontas four is tiana three is rapunzel two is merida and one is Jasmine, and Jasmine's just always been my favorite, so she tops my list every time. So the the other topic at hand is the, the Disney princess line, right? Yes. And I got to be honest, I'm not a big fan of that, of it in and of itself. I love Disney princesses. I think Disney princesses are one of the reasons that – Disney is so iconic and it, you know, one of the first things that people think of when they think of Disney animated films is the many princesses and, you know, they're, they're powerful characters in and of themselves and they're great. But what the Disney princess merchandising line, which that's what it is. It's just a vehicle for merchandising. What it does to me is it it really kind of homogenizes them and in a way kind of, takes away their individuality and their characters you know they they're not they're no longer on model to the movies they they've redrawn them and remodeled them to fit in with this packaging line and i i don't like that i don't like that they've kind of they've turned it almost into a pageant line you know Mm -hmm. where it's 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 a really fake facade to me and you know i'm sure it's been very successful it's been around since the early 2000s and they it keeps persisting. So there there's financial success there. So on a business side, I get it that, you know, they're, they're selling product and that's what they're there to do. But I don't, I, I'm not a fan of it. I don't like the way that most of them look in the Disney princess line. And if I had my druthers, I would not only not add any additional Disney princesses, I would just limit it to the three originals and leave it at that. I would just have Snow White, Cinderella, and Aurora, and that be it. Because to me, they are kind of the, you know, the least dynamic characters, um, just because of the way films were made at the time and the way that they were written at the time. And so for me, I have less of a problem with what the Disney Princess line does to them than I do a character like Tiana or Merida, you know, who are really dynamic um, you know, self-possessed women who, you know, are going after a, 
a particular dream or vision for their life and they fight for it and they work for it. And I just don't think the princess line does that, does that justice. And I just have a small problem with it. Yeah. So that's my two bits on the, the entity we know as Disney princess, as far as adding, especially live action characters. Like I know you guys talked about Shuri and princess Leia I mean, to me, that's just way out of left field. I don't think they would really belong or fit in any way. I can't imagine. Just imagine them drawing a little cartoon character of Princess Leia and giving her, like, a sparkly white robe, you know, and giving her, like, lipstick. And I don't know. They just they kind of glam them up, you know, and <laughs> yeah. I just I, that would be so absurd to me. And, I, you know, I, I think the same thing when I see a character like Merida in this Disney princess line, they've just made her look so absurd. I, I don't understand it. So that's my rant. <laughs> no, I, I completely get what you're saying. And, you know, I think I had a very similar argument for why I don't think Anna or Elsa should be a part of the line, right? Because I think they're self-sustaining yeah. characters that they don't need to be a part of something bigger. That's going to essentially push them to the back. And I think what ranking these characters does is, like you ranked them in a way where you you ranked them from who you least like to who you like the most not mm-hmm. necessarily who was as the screen rent article said who's most worthless to most powerful you right. just went based on who you like the best and mm-hmm. you based it on which movies you revisit stuff like that correct right so yeah. um I totally understand what you're saying. That was my argument, like, for Leia. You know, she's a general now. Like, you you don't see that. She's not a princess, right? She's a general now. She's totally above the whole line of princess at this point. (laughs) So that's why I felt like Moana and maybe even Elena would fit that because Elena the most is already glammed up in a dress where she's, you know, basically presented as a Disney princess, not officially one, but presented as one. Uh, But Moana, I think because of the character uh, having the Polynesian bloodline and not having a Polynesian princess, I think would be good to have. Uh, But I could totally understand your take on this. I I get where you're coming from. Um, I don't ag- agree with going to the original three necessarily, but I could see the argument for it. I think it's an interesting argument to have. I guess if they were, if they would find a way to evolve the line to really um, present at the forefront, their individuality, you know, the things that make them unique and go back to a closer to on model look for each of them. Mm-hmm. I do kind of like the idea that it's kind of naming this elite group of female characters within the Disney canon. And it's, it's not necessarily um, saying that as a character in their movie, they're a princess or they're always a princess, but it's kind of naming this group of Disney royalty, you know, that's saying that they belong in the royalty of the canon of Disney not specifically that in their movie they were a princess. And so on that level, I kind of see, you know, them being able to add somebody like Elsa, who is, I mean, that's got to be bona fide Disney royalty because she made more money for the company than, you know, any other princess. Right. And, you know, on that level, I kind of am okay conceptually with it. 
and then you know choosing other things like pocahontas really isn't a princess really but you know in (laughs) in the world of disney she's kind of like royalty because she's this you know iconic amazing character that talked to so that talks to trees exactly (laughs) i mean that's that's a skill and a maybe useful (laughs) skill i don't know uh, <laughs> well, you got to talk to the blue corn moon, dude. You have to have that skill. I yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I think there are several ways you can look at it, but I don't know. I mean, the fact that they haven't added Moana is kind of shocking to me. I don't know anything of Elena of Avalor because I've never seen it. I don't. I don't know what she's about at all. Um, so I, 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 I was interested that all of you guys pretty much spoke about her. Um, she's just not a character I'm familiar with. You know, I don't have kids. I also don't have the Disney Channel, so I've never, I've never seen it. Wait, you're not a 14-year-old girl, Gavin? In many ways, I am, and in many more ways, Charlie would tell you I am. But in fact, I am, I am only days away from my 40th birthday. Aww. Well, happy 14th birthday, buddy. I'll get you a Disney princess something or other. Oh, I'd wear it. You heard it here. Heck yeah. I'll, wear I'll get pink. you a tiara, man. Ah, uh, well, mm-hmm. if you guys have your own list, you know, leave them in the blog post for the episode, pocketeers.com slash 208. Or if you guys want to comment on anything else that we talked about or we'll talk about in this episode, you know, leave us a comment. We'd love to hear about it. And uh, let's get back to this whole, like, why you were in town, Gavin. You were in town for an apartment. But come on, let's be honest. You were really in town <laughs> for what was happening in the parks, right? Yes, yes, I was so lucky to be there for the unveiling of the updated Pirates of the Caribbean attraction and uh, got to be there at Rope Drop with Melissa. And we were among the first couple hundred to be in line and and get to witness it for the first time. And Imagineering did a great job. They Mm -hmm. had some surprises that they kept very well under wraps that, you know, shocked both of us. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, we were just thrilled. And, you know, they, they did some changes to some existing scenes that kind of help indicate and set the story and set the mood for some of the new elements that are coming. And what they did was just, it was just really cool to see. And I'm always for plusing attractions. And, you know, I, I think that where they added an additional, a truly additional scene this time was in a kind of an underused space in the attraction anyway. I agree. And I think they did a fantastic job with it. And then, you know, the, the reinvention of the auction scene, it just, it breathed new life into that whole scene and, you know, gave us so much more to see and, and, and watch unfold. I feel like every time we ride it for the next couple of years, we'll be able to notice new details because it is full of new details. And I only got to ride it once. Um, you know, most people probably know by now that the attraction had some difficulties in its first day. Um, and so I only got to f- see it once because I had to be out and uh, go to the airport. But I know that all of you um, and, and VJ got to see it multiple times. But yeah, I was so lucky to be there. I, I was there for Hatbox Ghost Day a couple years ago. Got to be there for Red's 
welcome to the crew day or whatever we want to call it. Uh, <laughs> permission to good. board, something. <laughs> Dude, what should we call it? I mean, we, we have Catbox I was thinking Ghost about day. it. Yeah, Mel and I were talking about that on the morning of. Like, what should we hashtag this? Because it's got to have a day. I mean, right. this is a new pirate coming to the pirate's huh. attraction. And but, I thought of maybe like Red Letter Day or something like that. Um, but that's too Scarlet Letter. Yeah, it kind of is. Um, red Men Tell No Tale? I don't know. <laughs> it, no. I don't think we should go rhymey, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's too hard. But Permission to Board or Welcome to the Crew, where I think uh, Mel came up with Welcome to the Crew. Uh, I think that's a good idea. I don't know. I, I There should be something, though, because... We're welcoming a new. We're really oh, we're yes, welcoming true. two new pirates. If that's not too spoilery. I'm glad you brought that up because mm-hmm. I think because of social media, most people have already seen what that is. So in sure, case you sure. haven't seen it, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, we're just gonna go ahead and talk about it because I'm. I don't know. I'm kind of excited about this. So, yeah. Melissa, tell us what the new scene is. Okay, so the new scene is actually. It comes by pretty quick, but leading up to it, you hear someone talking about mm-hmm. the curse and how, you know, is it true or whatnot. So as you're approaching to your, I guess you would say on to your uh, right, left, 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 I don't know my right and left, so apparently, <laughs> um, you come across a skeleton, you know, a pirate who's, you know, cursed, um, a dead pirate per se or a ghost pirate you see him but as you're traveling you see that and it turns into i guess his human mm-hmm. self so you get to see the curse and how it would be and how it affected them but can we talk about the octopus <laughs> how cute Hank, see, that's that's what happened <laughs> yes to me, that's though, is that i only got to see it once and I was immediately drawn to the octopus and I was looking at it. So I looked back at the pirate after the change occurs. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that there was any effect there until I saw it later on social media because I was distracted by the octopus. That's what I was looking at. You know what? And the funniest thing. Okay. So if I don't know if you didn't know, I wrote pirate six times. Nice. I still didn't see everything. Oh, nice. And. Yeah. I, I still want to see more of the octopus. Mm-hmm. I want to see more of what's, what was in its hands and the effect of that new little scene. Mm-hmm. It's little, but it it puts, you know, it's a big yeah, punch. Yeah, there's a big And I, I love what it did. And what's yeah. cool is they, they start a lighting effect earlier in the, the sea caves. Um, it's somewhere between when you see the portrait of the redhead and the treasure room. Uh-huh. They start to incorporate underwater reflective lighting so it's it's as if you're now going under the sea and mm-hmm. it's kind of like curse of the black pearl where we see that those cursed pirates under the water right. and yes. uh and so i believe in that scene we're supposed to be underwater and then we emerge from the sea cave back to the surface um and i i i kind of thought that was a neat touch the way they did that and the way they kind of uh really um, casually or gradually kind of brought in that lighting to start to indicate it. It's not like an abrupt thing. It's not like the Little Mermaid attraction where they project, you know, bubbles coming up yeah. in front of you to indicate, yeah. oh, you've just dived. They just kind of subtly indicated along the way. 
Yeah, it's certainly not Pirates of the Caribbean in Shanghai, right? Which right, completely right. relies Tons on three D projection, CG. Yeah. This new scene, like you said, it was kept so under wraps by Imagineering yes. that it was yes. just amazing to see it that day because everybody yeah. was just concerned with the look of the redhead the redheads coming the pirate redhead yeah. and nobody ever leaked nobody said one word about this brand new scene right and one of the biggest things that i appreciate about how they pulled this off is the practical effect of it you know it's mm-hmm. it's set up in such a way where as you're approaching it you're completely seeing the the skeleton right holding Mm -hmm. the skeletons hanging from some ropes and it's holding a treasure chest uh basically like you said mel it's cursed right Mm -hmm. trying to get maybe some some treasure out of the water maybe that's what happened but then there's one rope that cuts right down the center from the very Mm -hmm. if you're looking at it dead center from the front there's one rope that cuts right down the middle right into the treasure chest and it's split like the left side is the skeleton the right side is mm-hmm. the human form of this pirate. I think it was VJ that got that perfect picture of it. Oh, right? VJ got a great picture. Dude, we reposted he nailed that. it. Yeah, we reposted yeah, that on so the good. stories for Podcasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was a perfect shot, right dead center. Yep. And uh, no pun intended, but <laughs> it, it's it's <laughs> done in this. Um, it's a skewed perspective on each side so that mm-hmm. when you're approaching it, you don't even realize that it's going to change into the human form past the rope. And it's so yeah. tightly created where the rope yeah. doesn't allow you to see to the other side. And the skewed perspective of the face of the human form, uh, again, also doesn't allow you to see the skull. So it is yeah. one of the most beautiful uh, practical effects that's in there. Yeah. Totally makes you believe, like, um, if there was maybe, like, a strobe or something that maybe kind of helped the illusion to, you know, that, that something was happening. Or uh, I disagree with you, Gavin. I, I think it would be a little better if it had some kind of bubble effect or something to kind of make it feel like there was a little bit more happening. Because it's very subtle. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah really realize that that's happening unless somebody points it out to you or if you're really paying attention to everything that's going yeah. on. But... Uh, yeah, there's new stuff hanging in the captain's quarters. There's new signage. There's new uh, treasure. The lighting in the portrait of things to come with the pirate so cool. redhead yep. is so good. We were the, com- we the were right. Bottles glowing red now. <laughs> yes, they're drinking yes. out of. Oh, it's so I cool. I love it. Uh, they did yep. such a great job with this attraction. Considering that it's your favorite attraction, Gavin, would you say that you are as excited or more than on Hatbox Ghost Day? Um, I'm as excited. I think, um, it's, it's hard to say more. I don't know. I mean, that was, that was such a big deal for the mansion. The pirates has had major updates many more times as compared to the mansion. And so I feel like it was a bigger deal to add a a new, like amazing effect and a new character to the mansion in that way. Um, but this, yeah, adding two new scenes and especially adding a new scene and plussing my favorite section of the ride, which is the section between the waterfalls and the battle scene. Like that is my absolute favorite section. And so the fact that they just gave us another little nugget in there is amazing to me. And I, I really love it. 
And I think what they did with the auction scene was really smart and gives us, again, a whole new scene filled with details to look at and discover over the next many times that we write it. So I guess because I feel like it was cut short a little bit where you and I rode mansion probably six times before noon (laughs) on Hatbox Ghost Day. And we got to just kind of revel in it. I felt like it got a little cut short for me since the attraction went down and I only got to do it once. So on that level, it was kind of like, ah, oh, I'm so glad I got to see it. But I'm still in that like, oh, my gosh, I got to see it more right now phase, which you guys kind of got to get out of your system a little bit. I know you want to see it more, but, you know, you guys kind of got to get it out of your system a bit. And, you know, it's funny is you mentioned that. I didn't ride Mansion as many times for Hatbox Ghosting. And I, something compelled me to be like, I kept going back in line after <laughs> and over and over for Pirates. And I'm like, I look, this isn't my favorite attraction, but why am I so compelled to ride it again? I don't know if it was because it was just so exciting that something different, but yet it felt so familiar like, I really miss this attraction. And it was only down for, what, less than two yeah. months? Yeah, they did it fast. Uh, yeah. And yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but that extra scene that we got here doesn't exist in the Disney World version, right? Mm-mm. Correct. Man, it's like another one-up, like Hattie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was so surprised. I mean, I was watching the stories as you and Melissa were posting them on Friday. And Melissa, I mean, you're a huge Pirates fan as well. And seeing you decked out in your mm-hmm. pirate hat and everything, mm-hmm. you know, stalking Red to try to get a photo. <laughs> I think later in the day, yeah. BJ ended up going once he got out of work, too. We were there on Friday, but we weren't there necessarily to to go see Red or the attraction yet because last week my wife and I celebrated our wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary, baby! I love you. And we went. <laughs> we had uh, reservations <laughs> on on Friday to eat at Steakhouse Fifty Five, and so because uh, we wanted to make sure the kids were taken care of and everything, we had family members, you know, watch them for us, and we were able to go enjoy our evening. We figured, look, we'll go have our dinner, and then we will head over to the park and try to ride the attraction one or two times. Uh, I've been doing my best to post a brand new video every Monday on the Podcateers channel, whether it's a vlog or whether it's a attraction video, a show video, whatever the case is, just to give you guys some more content, you know, to get you that Disney fix during the week. And then on Fridays, we post that week's episode on the YouTube channel as well. And so the idea was we were going to go to the park, we were going to record the attraction and all these new scenes. And I didn't have anything to hold the phone that day because you know, we were going to dinner and I had this idea to mount it to the top of my, my camera. But the, the thing that was holding it was slightly loose and it was heavy enough that it was shaking my camera. I couldn't keep it steady and I locked it in place in such a way where I couldn't just unscrew it to take it off the hot shoe. So not only was all the video that I shot completely shaky and absolutely useless, the photos (laughs) that I was taking were also super blurry and absolutely (laughs) useless because neither one 
uh, was doing what it, it needed to do. And at one point, I think I gave up. And you see in the video, like, it just turns to the side 90 degrees to try <laughs> to get at least one picture of, of red. And it didn't happen. <laughs> so uh, I wasn't able to get any good photographs. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go back Saturday or Sunday. Didn't go back Saturday. I relaxed all day long. I just, I needed a day to just kind of decompress. So I went back today and I figured, you know what, if I can get at least one picture of red and at least one picture of the new scene, I'll be happy. It worked out for red. I got at least one good picture. <laughs> there you go. picture of the scene. Uh, I didn't realize that my lenses were absolutely dirty and so it wasn't focusing. Oh. Like I kept wondering, like, why is it not focusing? And I'm pretty good about wiping the lens down. But the excitement of seeing these two things again was just uh, all all in my <laughs> brain. And so I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go in kamikaze style. And it didn't work out. So, eh, you know, uh, <laughs> a little, it's fine. I got what I needed. That just means I got to go back. You know, that just means Aw, I think shucks. I got enough video that I can, the idea was to put up the entire attraction, you know, from the moment that you board all the way through so that you got to ride through with all the new stuff, with the lighting effects on the portrait, the new scene with red at the, the new auction scene. And it didn't work out, but I think I may have enough sturdy footage to at least put together a video of the two new things. And if mm -hmm. I have enough to do that, then I'll just do like a quick splice video just to kind of spoil it for anybody that isn't able to come and wants to see it. And then uh, I'll post that. That way there's at least something new this week on the YouTube channel. So funny thing, everyone's talking about Red. But we got to talk about this one guy who's in the background. He still makes me laugh now. He's in the cantina. <laughs> and I can't unsee. Like he just looks like what's going on. He looks like he's nosy or like in Spanish, they would say chismoso. Like he's just out there like looking at what's going on. So I see that and I'm like, wow, he's just a random person just out there in that scene. There's no meaning, but eh. <laughs> I, I noticed that guy. He was one of the first things I noticed and I mentioned it to you when we were riding. I thought it was so hilarious. To me, he looks pissed. Like, <laughs> you guys are wrecking my business. Nobody's coming in to eat at my cantina because these pirates are out here hawking the town's wares. And he's just like, he's like all forlorn. His shoulders are down. He's, he's like holding like a, a waiter's pad. Like he's wanting to take orders or whatever. And I, I think it's hilarious. That, that's how it reads to me. He's just like, God, you guys are ruining my business here. Can you go somewhere else? <laughs> oh, dude, I completely missed that. Yeah, he's behind everybody. You got to look between the people that are lined up, and he's standing in the doorway of the cantina. So he's like the proprietor of the cantina, okay. which there never yeah. was anybody in there before. Oh, man. Yeah, you know what? In all the photos that I was able to take, my photos are blocked in such a way where the two old people are at the front of the line, block mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. doorway. Uh, and then I travel a little bit more, and they're still blocking the doorway. I'm, I'm like looking at them right now as we're talking. Let me see if I got one from the opposite angle. Uh, no, <laughs> no. Oh, man, I have nothing from that dude in that. Okay, now I want to go back just now to see that guy. See, 
Yep. Exactly. Now you got another reason. Wow. <laughs> the, the one thing we didn't mention, though, that I thought stuck out a little bit to me was the the relighting on Barbosa on the ship. It's so much to redder. Me, that was fairly pronounced. Yeah, they gave it a red tone, and it was a little more dramatic, and you can really fully see his silhouette on that middle sail. So I thought that was pretty cool, the way they did that. I got to see that. They also seem mm-hmm. to have made your favorite scene a little bit brighter, where the two shadows are duking it out. Oh, that's VJ's favorite. Oh, that was his favorite. Come so. on, man. I'm all about the booty. It's that treasure room. <coughs> <laughs> oh, talking about treasure. Okay, so in the new scene, you know how the guy is carrying the uh, the the chest, uh-huh. the cursed chest. Okay, so that kind of light that kind of lights up a little bit, and I don't know if you guys saw that. The chest uh, itself. The chest. Yeah. I know it, it was lit, itself? like there was like a spotlight on it, but you feel like it is lit from within? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't notice that. And that's that's something I think I was compelled about the ride is like there's so many little things yeah. to look at. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I think it. you're mm-hmm. right. I think it is lit from inside. Like from the top of the inside lid, it's lighting down to illuminate like the, yeah. the treasure and the coins that are uh, inside of the box. I did notice the treasure was very sparkly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, like. Tamatoa is going to have a field day if he gets his hands on on that cuz you know, it's shiny. <laughs> shiny. <laughs> well, that it was it was so Ooh. fun to ride it the very first time without knowledge of that scene because we were we were thrilled with the portrait scene. Yeah. Like we were talking about that all the way through the treasure scene, but then <laughs> like right when we got to the treasure scene, I heard a voice. And then I noticed that you can't see the mist waterfall anymore. Uh-huh. I was like, wait, yeah. what's going on? And we entered that cave just like wide-eyed, just waiting yeah. for like, what is coming? We have no idea. And then to see what they did, it was just, oh, to be frank, it was magical. It was, it was magical. Great. I have to agree. And you know what? The funniest thing is that so every single ride, it's the same reaction, and I love it. <laughs> like cool. everyone is silent in that little part. And they're just like, what's going on? Like, they're looking up. And I even saw this with VJ. It was so cool to see his reaction. <laughs> and, I mean, I love it. I love the impact of what that does. Yeah. And it's cool the way that they've staged it because you can't see it until you're right to it. You know, it's not like something exactly. like you see coming up ahead. It's like you, if they created a little turn in that cave where yeah. you can't see it until you're right there. And that's really well done, well placed. How do you think it mm-hmm. would have been received if people knew that it was coming? Because I, everything that I see social media, you guys just mentioned it now. It was that element of surprise, not knowing that that was going to be mm-hmm. a part of the attraction. How do you think reactions would have changed if people knew that that was going to be added? You know what? Um, funny thing. I heard from a few people asking me if the rumor was true, and I didn't know that there was a rumor about Davy Jones going away. But see, I think that's where the limit of the rumor was, right? Yes. That Davy Jones was going yeah. away. It wasn't that they were going to add a new scene in there. It was right. just that that was that's going true. away. So, but, I, but I, yeah, I, so I think there was some limited knowledge that may have been floating out there. But... I don't know. I, I think the reactions would have been a little different because people would be yeah. – there would be a lot more – like in the first couple hours, there would have been a lot more great footage of it because people would be prepared. Because I feel like some of the first few images that were coming out were like – they were almost 
past the scene already. They're, mm-hmm. they're photographing it or whatever, you know, because it took everybody by surprise. But I mean, a scene that's that well placed and that well staged, it was going to get a positive reaction no matter what. You know, I, I think that it, it's just really cool and something we don't get to experience in this day of social media as much anymore to have a complete surprise like that. You know, and I think Disney's proven that they, they're pretty good at doing things like that with their movies and, and, and other properties. So it's really cool that they can do that with an attraction and something that is, you know, among the most iconic things that they've created. I don't know exactly how it would have changed things, but the fact that they did keep it a secret is one of the greatest things that they've ever done. Yeah. You yep. hit the nail on I the agree. head. I mean, in, in social media age, you know, nothing gets past anybody. And there's so yeah. many rumor sites and there's so many places that love to leak information that stuff like that spreads like wildfire. And whether it's completely true or just a rumor that exploded somehow, it's difficult to stay away from stuff like that. And mm-hmm. not having any knowledge that this was going to happen absolutely made it magical. Just when mm-hmm. you think that Disney cannot find a way to make something more magical for you, this was it. Adding that yeah. scene mm-hmm. without having the knowledge, that did it for me. You know, we go to yeah. the park so often that sometimes we take for granted some of the things that we see and some of the things that we do, especially as APs. This, it w- it just, it blew me away, you know? And it's mm-hmm. not like the, the Pirates in Shanghai, right? Which also is mind-blowingly amazing. This, yeah. like I said, right. the practicality of it, the location, it's in the right spot at the right time, sets up what you just saw, or it kind of punctuates what you just saw and sets up the rest of it. Ah, so good. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I agree. <laughs> to, to kind of go slightly back to a question that you asked earlier, you know, this being my favorite attraction it's it's even more so now. I just think they they truly did plus it in, you know, the true spirit of that term that Walt created. And I'm I'm so excited when they do stuff like this to classic attractions to kind of keep them alive and vibrant just the way Walt would have wanted. I mean, it, yeah. it it's so much in keeping with the spirit of his mission with Disneyland that it was always going to be this living, breathing, advancing, evolving magical thing that was going to continue to unfold for people for as long as there's imagination in the world to be you know a little corny but that's that's what it is and that's what we all love and and are passionate about and they they just brought it home and it just continues to drive home the fact that new orleans square is the greatest land in all of disney <laughs> and here, here. I'm, i just i love it so much <laughs> Yeah, and for the reasons that you just stated, Gavin, is why, you know, when I was standing in line today especially, I heard a lot of people saying, uh, this is not what Walt wanted. You know, I've, I've, I saw it earlier today, and I rode the attraction. And I, all I remember thinking to myself was, if you didn't like it and you're complaining, why are you in line to ride it again? You know, because if you're like, Walt wouldn't have wanted this, but then they're in line again. Something obviously is there that you enjoyed, right? But for everything that you just said, Gavin, is why I disagree with those comments. This is exactly what Walt wanted. And if he was around, he would see these changes and he would say, why didn't you do this sooner? Yeah. You know, so. Exactly. Can we quickly talk about Red walking around New Orleans Square? 
Yeah. So I know oh. you had a chance to meet her, Melissa. <laughs> Gavin, did you get a chance to meet Red walking around? Or were no, you gone by I then? Did not. You were gone. Okay. Um, did we even see her when I was with you, Melissa? I don't think we even spotted her. Did no. We? No. You know what? She actually came out after 1230. Oh, okay. Like, or after 12. I mean, I saw a million social media posts about her. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I'm on record as, you know, being the guy that's not really interested in meeting characters. Um, but, I mean, I think they did a really good job. And it's an interesting, fun take. Because I don't think we've ever had, like, a character from an attraction that's not a film-based character become a face character in the parks right i can't think of anything it's right. not like... an active one. Oh, really like what what examples do you have well like the hitchhiking ghosts are face characters that come out like during halloween and stuff like that oh, but like the, the black that. widow bride uh you know there are characters from attractions oh. but they're not actively in the park and red seems uh-huh. to be a character True. that will be active Sure. I don't exactly know what the balance will be between Red and Captain Jack, but it's going to be so fun to see them interact one day. And that's another thing. I saw Captain Jack when I was there. I think I saw him on Thursday. I had no idea Captain Jack was a thing at the park. Really? I'd never seen him before, and I never I never saw any posts for it. I had no idea that Captain Jack was a face character at the park. No clue until this week. And I saw him, and I was like, what the heck? I didn't know they were bringing him, too. And I, and I think it was VJ was like, uh, he's been around for years. Where have you been? Yeah. I have never seen him. That's crazy to me. The funny thing is that, um, okay, so after the attraction went down, I went to go ride a mansion. And I'm like, I'm going to time this, like, come back to see if Pirates is back up. Well, as I'm walking back, I saw Jack on his way to the rafts. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, he's out here. I know Red's supposed to be out here, but I'm like, where is she? So I get there. I see that, you know, there's a line. I get in line. Then I see her, and they're, like, doing some major video. Like, um, Promotional guess, video? Yeah, Disney was out there doing their thing, but it was really cool to see her from far away. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is cool. After my second and then my third time, I was with VJ. Um, VJ actually spotted her, and she was coming off the the raft from the island. I've never ran so fast for a character. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, we're like, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. And um, he started taking pictures, and I'm like, just trying to get her attention somehow, but listening to her, oh my gosh, she is really quick, witty, she's hilarious, but she has like this empowerment, and I love it. There was cool. a little girl that was with her. Little girl was dressed just like a pirate, the redhead pirate. She was quick on her feet to like compliment everything, talk about everything. When I'm, you know, I come up to her. I'm like just dumbfounded because I can't think of anything. But she was so good. She read everything. Like she could read you and be like, okay, she'll talk to you and get you like to talk back. It was awesome. I just had my phone up and I'm like, I'm trying to take selfies here. (laughs) And she was able to just come up and take a picture and she was cool. That's interesting. That's great. I'm wondering if the red that you met on Friday, we got there a little too late. We Mm -hmm. were, by the time that we got into the park, red was gone for the day. 
but I'm wondering if mm-hmm. the red that you that you saw because they were doing the promo videos and all that stuff, if it was a trained actor, primarily because I saw some of the videos on Instagram that people were posting of red. And yes, she was very you know quick witted. She was very snarky. You know, it, I loved it. It was mm-hmm. a great. You know, uh, it, she's a great character. Today was not the same person. It was a different person. Oh, no. And as I heard people trying to talk to her when I was standing in line for Pirates, she was ignoring certain people and defaulting to just asking people, are you going to my auction? And so I don't know if she was, you know, not trained to be that, you know, snarky and quick-witted or if she wasn't allowed to. But uh, it was a different person. The one that uh, I and honestly, I cannot unsee this anymore. Uh, on Friday, <laughs> when we started seeing the post on social media, you know, you guys know that we're Doctor Who fans and big fan of the 10th Doctor, big fan of the 11th Doctor. And a big story arc for the 11th Doctor was Amy Pond. And so as soon as my wife mentioned that she kind of had a resemblance to Amy Pond, who's also uh, Nebula in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, all I wanted to say was go up to her with my sonic screwdriver and say, come along pond, because it's one of the lines from Doctor (laughs) Who that the doctor says to nerd alert. (laughs) It's just uncanny. Like some of the facial expressions, some of the mannerisms, when Lynette brought it up at first, I thought, no, no. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. It's Amy Pond. (laughs) And I couldn't get it out of my face. Like once you see, if you guys are Doctor Who fans, once you hear this and once you see the photo of the red that was on there on opening day, you're not going to be able to unsee it. It's all I can see now. So you're welcome, Doctor Who fans. <laughs> I was going to say, what, uh, talking about red, I think she's going to be like my favorite Doctor Facili. Because you know how there's couple different ones but there's one in particular who could really really hold a conversation and has every line every he's just so good Uh, so i mean i'm hoping she's still gonna be around but she she blew me away yeah i hope i get a chance to meet her um she seemed very charismatic so i i really get it i hope i get a chance to meet her um you know speaking of dr facilier before we move on i I saw him Mm -hmm. in the park today and I figured, you know what? I don't think I have any photos with Dr. Facilier. So I walked over to him and I held up my, my phone and I said, uh, Dr. Facilier, may I steal your soul? And so he looked at it and he kind of like gave like the look to my phone like, <laughs> you can try. And so I stood in there in selfie mode and I'm like, you know, getting ready for the photo. I take the picture and he's making this face like, you suck at this magic thing, dude. <laughs> It was like the greatest picture ever. That's amazing. <laughs> I was so happy. I'm not big on the character photos either, like you are, Gavin. But I figured, you know what? He's there. I don't have a picture. I might as well do it. And his mm-hmm. face in the story, like I posted it in the Instagram stories, it was just priceless. Like he's just like, you're horrible at this magic thing. <laughs> ah, it's so great. He's That's great. amazing. That's great. So. <laughs> Well, before we move on, I think there's one last thing that they did, which was really smart and really cool, that I think if we could all go back in time, we wish they would have done on Hatbox Ghost Day. And that was the little commemorative cards that they were handing out saying I was there for it. Those were so cool. 
And I'm mm-hmm. lucky enough that we found out soon enough that Melissa was able to grab me one before, you know, they, they I'm sure they ran out at some point, but thanks to Hazen, I should say. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Hazen. Cause, uh, <laughs> she's got one on hold for me and I can't wait to see it in person, but I've seen the pictures of it. And that is such a neat thing. Cause I, I would guess that thousands of people just took extra fast passes on Hatbox Ghost Day mm-hmm. to keep one as yeah. a commemorative thing. I mean, I sure I've did. got one. I got yeah, 20. I mean, <laughs> Guilty. And so <laughs> the, the, the sad thing about that is it did kind of, you know, remove a lot of fast passes that people could have actually used to get on that ride and see it. But, you know, people want some sort of a token from that event that are passionate fans. And the fact that they came up with something is so awesome it reminded me of um when they first opened the indiana jones adventure yes they had Mm -hmm. those decoder cards that they handed out that allowed you to decode the pictographs on the walls and as a kid that was the greatest thing ever and i loved it and i learned how to write that language and my friends (laughs) and i would send notes back and forth in that language and we thought we were fooling everybody and you know it was amazing so it's cool that they kind of brought that concept back and did this. And it makes me very hopeful for maybe something similar for Star Wars land, you know, some sort of a commemorative, Hey, I was here the day this new planet appeared. So were you also <laughs> sponsored by AT&T when you were spent sending those messages? <laughs> uh, no, or you I were just not. doing it for free. Yes. Oh, I was. Well, you lost out on that, buddy. Uh, I agree. The card is super cool. For those that didn't get a chance to see it, I will end up posting this on the Instagram account so you guys get a chance to check it out. The front of it just says Pirates of the Caribbean. I was there. It has a a portrait of Red. has the date on there. So they only gave this out on June 8th. Once Mm -hmm. June 8th was over, once the park closed, they destroyed the remainder. On the back, it says, what's your pirate name? And it gives you three pieces. Uh, Eye color month born in and the last initial of your first name that determines your pirate name so did you figure out what yours was so i am jolly brigadier barnacle nice <laughs> brigadier barnacle nice i could go i could do that nice <laughs> i'm o greedy calico storm watcher <laughs> you sound menacing i am very menacing my friend wow it's a good name Mine is Jolly Pegleg Stormwatcher. Oh, I like that one better. (laughs) Jolly Pegleg Stormwatcher. So if you guys didn't get a chance to see it, again, I'll post it on the Instagram account. You know, if I only had a couple extra, I think we should figure out a way to give them away. And by if I only had a couple extra, I mean I have a couple extra. (laughs) Nice. We have a giveaway coming up this week that's going to be running for some time. So make sure that you check out our social media account because we're going to be giving away an awesome prize pack with our friends from Inspired on Main, Expedition Roasters, an amazing piece of art from our very own Gavin, and a great craft piece by our very own Melissa. So check out our Instagram account for information on how you can be a part of this giveaway. All the deets, as they say, are there. So go check it out. Once all of that is over, we'll figure out the deets on how to give a couple of these cards away so that if you weren't there on the opening day to meet Red, you'll get a chance to own a piece of history as well. So details on that will be coming up soon. But in the meantime, go check out 
our Instagram account for information on that giveaway that we have going on right now at this moment. Unless you're listening to like this now? like a month or two after or a year <laughs> after, then it – oh, sorry. It's a Uber. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Not pirate-related, but yeah. Uh. So if you guys had a chance to see Red this weekend, tell us what you guys thought. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it. You know, were you with a group or you yourself one of the people that was against the change? And maybe after seeing it, you enjoyed it. Do you still not like the change? Leave us your thoughts in the Instagram post, Facebook, or send us an email to comments at podcateers.com. You can also leave us a comment in the blog post for the episode, podcateers.com slash 208. We'd love to hear your thoughts on having Red in the park now. All right, guys. I think that is going to wrap it up for this episode. Um, Before we wrap up, though, I do want to remind everybody that we are officially signed up for the Chalk Walk. And we would love it if you were able to join us on the morning of the Chalk Walk to walk for a great organization. It's the Children's Hospital of Orange County. We've been doing this now for about uh, 12 years, I think. My wife and I have been doing this. We've taken our kids. And then last year, we officially started Team Boat Willie, which will eventually expand to raising money for other organizations as well this year we're just doing the walk in the park for chalk and there's a possibility that later in the year we're also going to do something for where i currently work which is city of hope to raise money for cancer research more on that later but if you head on over to teamboatwilly.com that's t-e-a-m-b-o-a-t-w-i-l-l-i-e.com you will find some information on Team Boat Willie, how we got started, some of the stuff that we've been a part of, and a link to register to be on the team. If you are not able to join us the morning of the Chalk Walk, that's okay. You could do a couple of things to really help us out. One is help spread the word. You know, send our link out to your friends, to your family, post it on Facebook, post it on Twitter, share it with your colleagues at work and see if you guys can help us raise the amount we're trying to hit. We are trying to raise $5,000 to benefit the Children's Hospital. We don't see any of that money. So anything that you donate will go directly to Chalk using our donation pages. You can donate to the team itself or to any of us individually. I'll make sure to include the links in the blog post for the episode, podcateers.com slash 208. And we're going to start posting it a little bit more on our social media channels. So follow us. We're at Podcateers on Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter. More information will be available there. Again, head on over to Instagram because information about our giveaway is posted we're giving away uh, a really cool prize package courtesy of our friends at inspired on main uh, our friends at expedition roasters gavin and melissa both have contributed to this giveaway check it out all the instructions are all of the deets i gotta say that that's because you know that's <laughs> that's how the cool kids say it I love the deets. <laughs> Nobody says it like that. I'm aware of that. Somebody's yelling at their radio. So check it out. Follow the instructions and you will be entered for those giveaways. If you guys want to help us out, a great way to do that is if you shop on Amazon, start that journey by going 
to podcasters.com slash Amazon before your next purchase. On that page, you're going to find a huge Amazon button that when you click on it will take you over to Amazon using our special link. And anything that you purchase will earn us a very small commission as a thank you from Amazon because we mentioned them on the podcast and you went through the process of clicking on that button. To anybody that's going through that process, thank you very much for that added support. Another great way to help out the podcast is the way that many listeners just like you are doing now. And that is by becoming a fairy godparent of our podcast. They like to call themselves the FGP squad. It's an amazing group of people that have been helping us out for some time. Uh, A lot of the people that are on the FGP squad, I've become very good friends with them. And it's not because they're part of the FGP squad, but because they're awesome people. You know, and I'm so happy that I've had the opportunity to meet up with them for the movie meetups, for the bully meetups. And our announcement even has something to do with that, which is awesome. One of these days, I'll tell the story again. But the FGP squad is very special to me. They mean a lot to the podcast. And I just want to say thank you. And if you guys want to become a part of the FGP squad, if you sign up for a donation amount of at least $5 monthly, you also get the exclusive fairy godparent button to go along with it we're going to be posting more exclusive content for the fgp squad in the coming months on patreon so there will be a tier breakdown you know after a specific amount you'll get certain things so that's going to be uh, something that's coming if you guys would like some more information on how you can become a member of the fgp squad just head on over to pocketeers.com fgp All right, guys, so that is going to be it for this episode. So we're super excited about all the things that are coming, about the changes that have been some time in the making. Ah, so exciting. (laughs) Not to overhype it, but it's going to be on a a level of Tower of Terror changing to Guardians of the Galaxy. Great. Now nobody's going to want to see it. No, no, no. It'll be good. It'll be good. Everybody's going to fall in love with it all over again. Yeah. So until next week. Here is to Beers, Cheers, and Mickey Ears. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Adios. Bye.